What do your circle look like now? I don't have a circle. I have a. It ain't gotta be friends, but it's it's people that's. I don't want no friends because if I when I look back on my life, a lot of the shit that I went through, it wasn't because of what I did. It was who I was associated with. I didn't have somebody telling me like, "Yo, Sue, you better than that shit." They was cheering me on like, "Go, girl, go get that bread." Okay, fly to this, fly to that. But when I was flat on my ass and needing help, none of them was nowhere to be found. If I couldn't help them, you live by niggas and money, mm-hmm. you're gonna die mm-hmm. by you know, excuse my language, men and money. And that's when I had to. Like, yo, I don't want no more sugar daddy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want no more purposeless relations. I don't want to deal with you because I feel like I have to. If you're sexually active and the person you're sexually active with is not helping you, and it's not only financial. See, women get so caught up in the financial part, you could be sponsored and still be a lost, miserable soul. You feel me? If he's not pouring into you spiritually, emotionally, or financially, mentally. if you're not mentally, mm-hmm. if you're not elevating from the substance of the people you have around you, you don't need around you. Everybody's so caught up for a check. Oh, I'm on demon time. Listen, that, that shit come with bad energy and spirit. So you might be getting that money for the time being, but you're not sleeping. You're losing weight. You're stressed out. You got acne. You in and out of jail. You in and out the clinic. Mm. You feel me? Like, like yo. In and out the clinic. All right, welcome to the Rich and Unemployed Uncut. Uncut. And uh, before we get started, man, uh, make sure you guys like, subscribe to the channel. We're growing, we're growing very fast. And uh, make sure you guys check out the merch. Uh, the link is in the description. And uh, we have a very special guest. I know I say that all the time, but this one is actually very special. Um, she has a very unique story. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of women can relate to it. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Chinks. <laughs> that's that's the old me, but we can start there. You don't got to touch the mic so, at all. So, mm-hmm. okay. It's going to do what it do. So, if you know me from the 2017, 2018, even the 2019, you might know me as Chinks, Chinky Eyes. But if you know me after the level up, you know me as Suzette or Miss Samuel. So, whatever you want to Miss Samuels. address me as, hmm. you know, depending on what we're talking about. Now, you're... This real estate agent. Yes. Um, you look very, very polished. Thank you. Um, look very professional, Thank but you don't look like what you've been through. Correct. And um, I want to get the story behind right. this right here because <laughs> <laughs> this right here, it, it 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 just looks like you know. My shit is together. Yeah, your shit is together, and it it hasn't always been that way. Correct. Shit, it still ain't that way, you know? Oh, from the looks of it, look like you got your shit together. Like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't worried for nothing. Right. Um, but, you know, you've been in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, OnlyFans. Strip I just, clubs. I did it all. Um, streets, jail. Jail, sugar daddy. Booty shots. Surgeries. Everything. We're going to get into all that. Um, so. <laughs> said booty shots. <laughs> <laughs> Had to had to mention that. Had to mention right, that. No, um, where you from? I'm from New York. I'm from the Bronx, New York. You know, shit happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to Atlanta in 2016. 2016. Yeah. And before you moved to Atlanta, before you were in videos and stuff, like who was Suzette? You know, I mean, I was in videos before I moved to Atlanta, mm-hmm. but 
I really moved to Atlanta to be a square. So I was in New York. You know how it is in New York. Rent is expensive, okay? Yeah. And not even just rent. My childcare loan was $1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Two kids, single parent, y'all do the math. Uh-huh. You got to work a nine to five. You got to sell fish dinners. You got to rob a nigga. You got to do what you got to do, mm-hmm. you know, when you're from New York. They say if you make it there, you can make it anywhere. And I just got tired of the hustle and bustle. But, you know, fighting a case, I did go to college. I did get my degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a caseworker. And I pretty much moved to Atlanta just to really, you know, be on some square-ish. Like, you know what? I'm going to work my nine to five. I'm going to come home with my kids. I'm going to get out the streets and I'm going to just be a mom. When you say the streets, what what was the streets for you? Man, everything. <laughs> you say you was homeless, right? You lived in the shelter? Yeah. So, um, you know, I was put in the system at 16. Yeah. Um, I had my first daughter at 19. I was in a shelter. I was in a domestic violence situation. My first apartment was the project. So, you know, I, I know what it is to be on food stands, Medicaid, all that good shit. Yeah. But, you know, it gets to a point where you just want more than that. You mm-hmm. know, the the system is meant to keep us stagnated. You know, we get that free 570, or at least that's what I was getting in food stamps, mm-hmm. and not even realizing that's costing my freedom, my financial freedom. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm hiding my income. I'm not putting money in the bank and not putting money in the bank. You're not qualifying for shit, but I'm just focused on the free 570 and food stamps that, I get, that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. I'm not educated on the other aspect because that's something they're not teaching us. I wasn't really... I didn't realize how much in bondage I was leave, living until I moved to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And and what you moved to Atlanta to be a square. Yeah. But in New York, you were what savage? Like, oh, I was a savage. Listen. Explain. I, I don't want to incriminate myself. I don't want to come off this podcast, you know, with indictments and shit. Yeah. But it's over. It's over. I did what I had to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Like I said, single parent. Raising two daughters, you know, baby fathers ain't shit. You was a drug dealer? No, I was not a drug dealer. I might have rolled with the drug dealers, but no, I wasn't selling drugs. But You was moving drugs? No, listen. It was something I, drugs. I did what I had to do, okay? <laughs> it was something drugs. I did what I had to do, and at the same time, you know, I had just tapped into the urban industry. You know, mm-hmm. I had got my body done. I was modeling. I was hosting. I was in magazines. I was in videos. And I really moved to Atlanta on some, I'm going to get a job. Yeah. You know, I have a degree in psychology. I was doing case management in New York. So I actually secured a job. That's what nobody knows. I secured a place of employment to be a social worker mm-hmm. prior to even moving to Atlanta. So let me tell you how that happened. I came to Atlanta. First of all, visiting, I went, you know, I went to Blue Flame. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the manager seen how when I walked in, you know, heads was turning. I'm 5'10". I'm a tall female. You know, I look how I look. So it's like you're going to look at me for one or two reasons, right? And I asked him, I said, listen, y'all hiring because I'm planning on moving out here in a couple of months. And he was like, listen, I got a bartender position right now, but I'm going to hold it for you. So when you said you're coming down here, I'm like, June, like he literally held that position for me. And it's crazy because you have to get a background check to work in the clubs in Atlanta. Yeah. So I did my background check, not only for the clubs, but for the place of employment that I was supposed to work at. As far as on the social work side, I was going to do that during the day. Mm-hmm. And I was going to be in the club at night because I had goals. I wanted, you know, I wanted to buy a house. I just wanted to do certain things that seemed impossible in New York. Did my background check. Did not hear from the job. But I was cleared to go in Blue Flame. Mm-hmm. You know, and the rest of history. Started working at the Flame, you know, got my name a little lit. You know, my social media was popping. and So down to nine to five, you would say. <laughs> I was like, listen, straight to the club. I was I was making like two thousand on a bad week, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. bartending, like not even stripping, but bartending. Mm-hmm. So it was like regular job. What? Like, oh, this is what I was supposed to be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So you was getting all the attention because your body. I mean, just everything like my body. Yeah. But I feel like once you open your mouth and you have personality, mm-hmm. you have intellect, mm-hmm. it takes you further than, you know, the women that is just the body. Mm-hmm. And and you know and that was the case with me and I went through I got fired you know the person I replaced was hey and got me fired that's a whole nother story we'd be here all day talking about that you got fired from Blue Flames oh yeah mm-hmm. but you know I bounced around until I made my name in Follies mm-hmm. so when I started working at Follies like I, I was a talk of the town like dude just coming to the club like damn so you the girl that everybody's talking with that just started working here because people couldn't understand why I wasn't on stage. Like, shorty, why are you not on stage? Why are you not stripping? And in real life, I'm shy. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't that wasn't me. And even at Follies, I was waitressing until a bartender position became open. And that was my breakthrough. Like, I came to Atlanta. I started doing radio interviews, was doing videos. And I really, like, set my name on that mark. Hold up. Wait. I know the episode is getting really, really good. Before we dive any deeper... I want you guys to go ahead and check out the website and get you some merch, www.richunemployed.net. The link is in the description. Uh, these headscarves are available. Um, I got T-shirts available. I got he- uh, hoodies. I got caps. Go ahead and support. Show your support for this this brand, this this platform. And uh, let's get back to the episode. So let's speak about your body. <clears throat> what was the reason that you got your body done? If, you, if you're shy, what, what made you get your body done? Because that's going to draw attention to you. Right. So, okay. So when I got pregnant with my second daughter, um, I lost everything. I lost my car. I lost my place of employment. At the time I was working at, a, it was like a group home for disabled adults. So we was responsible for like getting them out the wheelchair, bathing them, making sure they was good. And I didn't find that I was pregnant until I was four months. I was on birth control. After my first daughter, I was done. Mm-hmm. Found out I was pregnant, and it was just a matter of, okay, you're going to continue working, or you want to carry this healthy baby full term? So I met a dude, which is so weird. He was from Atlanta, but he was living in New York, Mm -hmm. going to school. Um, We started dating when I was like six, seven months, moved him in, was paying the bills, and I was just a stay-at-home, high-risk pregnant person. And I had to give up certain things because I couldn't afford it. I had to go on welfare. I lost my hustle. I lost everything. Um, and it was just one of them, like, damn, do I get an abortion and keep my lifestyle? Because I'm buying, like, two, three cars a year. Mm. My main sugar daddy was a lawyer at the time, you know? So I was, like, really in that life to where I was... Pre- and, 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 and I want to clear something up real quick, because I hate when people say that women who get surgery are insecure. We're not insecure. I was very secure with my body, but let's be real. I started bartending... And I wasn't getting booked. Mm -hmm. So I had to adapt to what was going on in society at the time. You know, the Melissa Fords, the Buffy, the bodies, they Mm -hmm. set the tone to where it was like, okay, you didn't look like that. You wasn't getting booked. Mm -hmm. So after I had my daughter, Instagram just started popping. This was 2013, 2014. And I was watching all these girls with nice bodies make so much money, but their face was hit. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, with a face like mine, and if I, you know, if I, I have a little, a little more ass or whatever, like I'm killing it. I'm never gonna be broke again, and that was my main thing. Like as women, men will never understand what it's like to be a female, 
to have to to put everything on hold to carry children. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it gets to a point where our health is on the line and that's what I was facing. So I was like, you know what? When I drop this baby, it's on and popping. I really studied Instagram. I started studying like my followers, the times that I'm most active and stuff like that. And when I dropped my baby, I went and got my butt shots, did a couple of rounds, started getting casted, casted for music videos. My first video was Troy Ave. Um, I did a Jada Kiss video. Like, you know, like I built my name off my body. I was the same person, the same mm-hmm. girl, but because I had a little bit more butt, people mm-hmm. was calling me like, hey, we want you to do this, you want you to do that. So for me, it wasn't an insecurity thing. It was like, yo, I'm coming off of welfare. I'm mm-hmm. coming off these food stamps. I'm coming off this Medicaid. I got to provide for my babies, especially because my baby fathers wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it was more like, Survival of the fittest. I learned how to survive. I learned how to adapt to my surroundings. And that's why I got my body done. Because I was a ball player. I was comfortable with my skin. When mm-hmm. I first got in the industry, it was all me, all natural. And then I'm like, okay. And we all know New York, if you ain't Spanish. So I was already at a disadvantage because of my complexion. Yeah. But also because I ain't had no ass and no titties. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, you seen my pictures. <laughs> <laughs> We're going we're gonna to post something. So, yeah. Um, so, it was just like, you know what? If this is what I got to do, I had a five-year plan. Yeah. If this is what I got to do to accomplish that, then uh-huh. let's do it. I like that you say adapt. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think, you know, women go into it with that mindset. Like, you know what? This is what's going on. I'm going right. to use this to get here. Right. And it's like, you used your new body. You know what I'm saying? You already had a vision for it. Let me get this ass done. Let me go get this bread. Listen, I had a sugar daddy when I was pregnant. Okay. Not his baby. Not his baby. That's crazy. The dude that I was with, no I way. caught while I was pregnant. I was seven months pregnant, and this dude came into my life, moved in my crib, held shit down, and pretty much until the age of two was a father figure to my daughter. The only reason why we didn't work out, again, he from Atlanta. So he was like, yo, I want to go back to Atlanta. Come stay with me. Mm-hmm. He was used to the me being at home, the me ironing his shit. He was in school. He was working at the hospital. That wasn't me. So when I popped my baby out and I got back like on the grind, he was like, hold up. What's this? Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, nah, I need you to stay home. And I'm just like, yo, dude, that was never me. You just caught me at a bad time in my yeah, life to yeah. where I had to do that to to carry my baby full term. But I've always been a hustler. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason why it didn't work out. So back in 2014, was butt shots the thing or was oh, it? Oh, that 2014 was the error. But it's, it's butt shots. They got BBLs. There was no, like, it, it, BBL. So see, for me, that. again, I was athletic. So BBL what? BBL, you got to be, you know, you not overweight, fat. but you got to have some type of fat to where they could suck the fat out in yeah. order to put it in your butt. I had a six pack before I started getting surgery. Yeah. You know, like I was a whole athlete. Okay. So BBL was not an option for me because I had no fat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, around they had a whole site just for communicating with girls who were tapped into that market. It's called the black market. Mm-hmm. So where people who are doing these butt shots, you could get online and hold, hold conversations with whoever's getting their butt done by a popular doctor. And, and I actually got introduced to it by somebody who was already in the industry. Mm-hmm. And all I kept saying was, man, when I drop this baby, I know I'm going to kill it out here. Like, and you want to know what's crazy? I wasn't out here buying Chanel bags. I wasn't out here fly. Like, of course, I invested into my appearance and shit like that. But I moved my kids out the hood. 
I moved my kids out of out of New York. Mm-hmm. I came to Atlanta. My kids always had a roof over their head. They don't. My oldest know because she was old enough to know what was going on. But outside of that, again, as mothers, we got to make shit happen, whether we got help or not. Mm-hmm. And that was my main goal. Like I, my goal, I don't. My kids is not going to get it out the mud. How I have to get it out the mud. I had to do some things to survive. You know, so I'm gonna do what I have to do to make sure my kids is good. Put up. You know, came to Atlanta, seen how different it was from New York. My daughter, they wanted to leave her back in New York. She came to Atlanta getting straight A's, excelling. <laughs> you know, so it it, it it was just a whole shift for me, not only mentally and emotionally, but financially. Um, and just as a parent, just as a mother, a single mother at that, like we don't really shed light on what single mothers have to go through. We live in a society where everybody want to judge people for what they're doing, but don't really know what we really go through mm-hmm. on the back end. You know, I, I'm not getting no damn child support. I can't call nobody if I'm short or rent or if I don't have some shit going on. I got to make it happen. And it's been like that my whole life, and that's all I know, mm-hmm. you know? We're going to cheers to that, you know? Cheers to that. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to cheers to that. So, uh... With these ass shots, you had to you had to go. Something went wrong with these. Okay, so which is crazy. I'm actually writing a book right now. So, but yeah, 2014, I did about 10 rounds. So you know, it's a cap on how much they could actually inject in you at one time. Uh I noticed every session, I was just getting. I'm not gonna say famous, but I was getting more known. You know, like I'm hanging out with rappers. I'm doing videos. I'm in clubs. I'm making so much money cash that i've never touched the more in my life the more injection you got the more attention got. i got but it wasn't even that so with, with injections it take a while for it to settle mm-hmm. so i was just on it every 30 days because i had a timeline in place mm-hmm. and then i was also running from an abusive ex relationship so my first baby father went to jail did time had him on the alert to where they tell you when he coming home knew he was coming home so it was like okay i gotta get out of here so for me, it was just like, okay, bam, 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 no time to play this, what I had to do. But my last session, I got sick. So before we even get into that, I did my research. I was supposed to be getting injected with hydrogel, which is 90% water-based. Our body is mainly composed of water. So if it's real hydrogel that they're using, there's no way that you're going to have a reaction or even let alone get sick. Yeah. No, my doctor, my last, and I don't even know how long it's been, but that last session was what put me in the hospital in a coma. When I woke up, they pretty much told me, listen, we found silicone in your bloodstream. So what happened was she injected me and I got sick right away on the table, but I didn't relate it to that. I didn't know, like I didn't put two and two together, but basically the silicone traveled to my lungs and it got to the point where I couldn't breathe. Mm Mm-hmm. My daughter said I turned white. She called my mom. I went to lay down. My mother called the ambulance. I woke up in the hospital, priest over my body. I'm pronounced dead. The nurses, everybody's like, yo, this, like, it don't make sense. Like, this girl was gone. You know, and I had an out-of-body experience. So that's what prompted my shift into spirituality. Like, I, you know, I was raised in a church. I know God. I have got baptized as a child. But we all know we have to go through our actual own walk yeah. to really... Not really be told, like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do, but really to have that encounter with him. And that was my first encounter spiritually. But still in all, I was two of this world. You know, I, I came outside, and when I, when I came out the hospital, I had an eviction notice on my door. 
So it was just like, okay, God, I hear you, but I got to get back to this money. Like me and my kids need a roof to stay. And at that time, I, like I, I was a bad person. I wasn't spending time with my kids. Like I was outside. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking about, you know, you can walk in the store and niggas in the stores fighting over who going to pay your tab type shit. Like I'm at the gas station. I'm buying two, three cars a year and they're fighting over who's paying for your gas. Like that's how my life was. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. So me, it was just like, I didn't see nothing wrong with it at the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my daughter started walking. She started bumping into the wall. She didn't have enough room to walk. Again, I was in the projects, and I just was like, yo, I need more than this. Started um, dating a dude out here in Atlanta. He was flying me back and forth, and I just was like, this is what y'all getting for y'all rent? Y'all get security, a pool, a gym? Like, oh, shit, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? This is February 2016. Mm-hmm. I signed my lease June 2016 and I was gone. I was like, bye New York. Cause I knew I couldn't, I couldn't elevate. Like I got arrested December 2015. For what? Listen, <laughs> my weed man robbed me, left his shit in my house and then was trying to say that I robbed him. Called police and said I had him at gunpoint. So police came in my crib, kicked my door down, was looking for this gun that he said I had, but all his stuff was in my crib. Because, again, he tried to come back and get his stuff. But I'm like, yo, you just robbed me. So why would I even open my door? I'm a female. And I got booked for robbery. When you say, of a fire when you say he robbed you, yeah. what did he take? He took my money. With a gun? gun? No, like, you know, he was the weed dude. So he would come over, you know, supply my weed. I was smoking heavy at the time. And I would pay him. And you know how you know you just comfortable. You go into the other room and then you see the he running for the front door with all your stuff. And in the process of him doing that, he left all his stuff and then tried to come back hours later, like, yo, my phone's in there, my girl probably tried to call me. I'm like, yo, you're not coming back in here. He called police and was like, yo, she had me at gunpoint, she robbed me, my wallet, my clothes, everything is in her house. Police kicked my door down. Boom. Mm-hmm. Case ended up getting thrown out. Of course he ain't come to court. But it was just, that was the it for me. Like, mm-hmm. girl, you can't, because it was like, no matter how hard I tried to elevate, it was just some dumb shit always happening. And I was like, yo, I, I, like, I'm, I'm not going to make it out here. Like, I have to leave New York, you know? And then, you know, I started dating the dude or talking to the dude out here. He was flying me back and I signed my lease and I moved to Atlanta. So being in the industry, mm-hmm. um, how was it for you? Um, like, what did you go through? Because you was on Worldstar, you was in countless of videos yeah. <laughs> around rappers, you know, niggas wanting you. You want to know what's crazy? I ain't really go through nothing in the industry. Mm. Um, and that's really only so that's really because of somebody that I was under and he didn't want me to be an industry hoe. So he supplied my every need. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have time or I didn't have the need, I should say, to get caught up with the rappers Mm. or anything like that, because it was just like, listen, this is what I don't want you to be. I don't want you to be this girl. I don't want you to be that girl. Like, I want people to really look at you for who you are. And then, you know, he knew I had it in me to be something else. Mm-hmm. Like he was my big break in the industry, you know, and even now to this day, like I still get prison letters <laughs> from inmates and stuff like that. Like I've dropped calendars. I used to sell lingerie. I had a lingerie boutique. 
Mm-hmm. I've always had that entrepreneur entrepreneur spirit, and nothing I did was like, okay, this is it right here. It was always like, this is where I want to be, and these are the steps that I have to climb to get here. To anybody who can't understand it, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really go through nothing crazy in the industry because I had that one person that nobody tried me because everybody knew I was connected to him. You know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Okay, I feel you. Okay. Now... Hold up, wait. I know the episode is getting really, really good, but this right here is an ad space and your ad could be here. If you got a product, if you got a service, if you want to build your brand, you can set an ad right here. So guys, if you guys are interested in putting an ad right here, go ahead and reach out to me on Instagram. If you think about having product placement on the podcast, go ahead and reach out to me. Um, if you guys want to sponsor a whole episode, a whole week, a whole month, a month will be about eight episodes. If you want to, go ahead and tap in. Back to the episode. You were like the. Look at look at you. Like what you about to ask me, Dave? <laughs> you were like the first um, girl that was doing OnlyFans. Yeah, so I was doing OnlyFans in like 2016, 2017 before really. So everybody jumped on it when the pandemic mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit, but I was like doing it before where everybody was like, "Damn, you a hoe, you this, you this." But like I said, I had goals, you mm-hmm. know, and I actually left the clubs. I so I stopped bartending to do OnlyFans because I got into real estate school. It was hard. I was in real estate school from 9 to 6, and I had to be at the club from 10 to 4. Mm-hmm. So you tell me when I was sleeping, when I had time to study, or anything like that. And then I'm at the bar on a slow night making $1,000 in my phone on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. So it got to the point where I was like, man, forget the club. You know, I could be home with my kids, not paying a sitter, not doing anything, blocking off my time for two, three days, making my content, and then the rest of the time I'm focused on real estate. Yeah. I had an end goal. like people, So... People see you in the club and don't really know your story, don't know where you come from, don't know where you're trying to go. So, yeah, I was in the club, but nobody knew that I was in real estate school during the daytime. Mm. Nobody knew I was starting a credit business. Nobody knew I was, like, really behind the scenes trying to get my ish together so I wouldn't have to be on that scene forever because there's no stability. God forbid you break a leg or something happen. How you getting paid? You ain't got no 401k. Nine times out of ten, you ain't got no money paid. We living from night to night. There's a lot of slow lights and there's a lot of a lot of nights that, you know, but I was really in the club for the relationships. Forget the forget the money I was making in the club. It was who I was meeting in the club for me, mm-hmm. because it's all about who, you know, and that's actually how I got into real estate. I had like a, a broker come into my club and just watch me and was like, yo, you ever thought about doing real estate? And I was like, I'm from New York. Like for you to even be in a real estate conversation, you got to be in that. Yeah in that class and I wasn't in that class you know in New York but as I moved to Atlanta I realized like you know Atlanta is real estate and that's actually what start what sparked my transition what made the lady just walk up to you god I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know it was just a regular day in the club she came in she was one of them women that had that like powerful presence about her so it was like, you know how somebody could come in the room and the whole room just freeze and like everybody's just trying to figure out like, damn, who is she? What White does lady? she do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she sat there, watched me for a little bit. You know, I'm interacting with the people that come to the bar laughing, you know, I, I, whatever, whatever. And she came to me and she just was like, you know, yo, I 
I see something in you. Like, you ever thought about doing real estate? And I was like, um, real estate, what's that? Like, I know it's houses and, and stuff like that. But again, I'm from New York. So real estate to what capacity? What are you talking about, lady? Mm-hmm. Like, you holding on my line. I got clients <laughs> I got to serve. Like, what's going on? And she's just like, listen, I like I'm like, I think it would be dope. Went in one ear, out the other. Um, I was actually on set for a video shoot a couple of weeks after that, and the same lady was there. Mm. And that's when we like fully got to like really speak, where she was telling me, like, listen, I'm a broker. I want you to go to real estate school. I want you to get your license, and I want you to come work for me. Sent me to school to go to and everything, and, and I pursued it. Like I went to the school. And it's so crazy because to this day, I've never heard from the lady again. <laughs> so to me, that was like, God, like, yo, this ain't where you belong. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're so much bigger than this. And I felt that. I just, again, I'm in a city where I know nobody. I came out here with just me and my kids, mm-hmm. a stash, no plan. I'm going to figure it out. So that was like, okay, this this the second time. Like, what's the odds of her being at my video shoot? The same lady that came to the, like, nah, okay, maybe I really need to look into this real estate stuff. And that's what sparked my interest in real estate. So before real estate, why are you doing OnlyFans and working in the club and stuff? Like, what was the goal? You know, like, okay, you had a I goal. I have no goal. My but goal, you had a goal for OnlyFans. Like, I'm going to do this for such and such no, time. No, I didn't have no goal. Okay, you just so, made it up. So, one of, so, this is how I even got onto OnlyFans. It's a popular girl that... You know, so I have 600 and something thousand followers on Instagram, on my personal page. Mm-hmm. So how I got that, those numbers was shout out for shout out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, it's real clicky. You know, the popular girls team up with the popular girls. Hey, shout me out. I'm going to shout you out. It was like a whole group of us, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how I built my page. She was on OnlyFans and she sent me her numbers mm-hmm. and she was like, girl, this is where the money at right now. Like, we on Instagram half naked, not making no bread. Because, you know, we posting in lingerie and shit. Especially being in the club, you got to post where you got to be at. Yeah. You got to do photo shoots, you know, be a little, mm-hmm. you know. And she just was like, yo, you can make bread because, you, you know, you got fans. Mm. And she showed me her numbers. And I've never seen that much money in my life, legitly. Mm-hmm. Like, not looking over your shoulder, not have to worry about going to jail. Not even having a, a dude touching you. This is all like virtual. Yeah. And she she put me under her and she showed me the ropes and I was like, oh shit. How much money you made on OnlyFans? I made almost two hundred thousand. Yeah. And again, this was like, this was twenty seventeen before people really was like, like if you was on OnlyFans, you was a straight out hoe back then. Yeah. Like once the pandemic hit twenty twenty, everybody started doing it. But this was back then when it was like shunned upon. Like, girl, what you doing? Mm-hmm. But I ain't care. Like I said, I had I started a whole credit business. Like I started businesses with that money. I wasn't Chanel bagged out. Mm-hmm. I wasn't name brand out. Like I, I, my kids were good. I was good. You know, I learned about business credit. I, I, I got my car and my business name. I, I, I started my companies and, and really just. Built, started to build my name outside the club, but behind the scenes. So when I popped out, and when I say popped out, I don't mean popped out in the club. I popped out of the club. Like, mm-hmm. I left the club mm-hmm. and had to reintroduce myself. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's Miss Samuel to y'all. It's, mm-hmm. it's Suzette to y'all. Like, Chinky Dad, she gone. You know, but that took um, that took a lot of willpower and sacrifice and just really knowing what I didn't want because... It's enticing. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and a lot of girls is really not in the clubs for the club per se, but knowing that I could go to the club and if a dude's spending 2000 on me in the club and we're not spending no time together, why I can't charge you five to take me out or to spend some time with me? You know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a mentality thing. And then it's easy to get caught up because I was almost caught up. If that lady ain't come to me and, and speak life into me about, girl, you better be doing some real estate, I'll probably still be in the clubs. I don't know. What do you have to say to to the girls that's that's in the clubs that's doing OnlyFans that don't have a game plan that just doing it just to do it you know just to make money and it's like with no type of direction. Ooh, so definitely you you gotta have a game plan. And anything you do, even yeah. even even with your with your with your podcast, you, you gotta have a why. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a why, it's so easy to kind of just get lost and be out there doing whatever because even when the pandemic hit that was a game changer for the clubs mm-hmm. like that year oh you know dancers bartenders they was probably making the most money they ever made but now i speak to some girls that i'm still like cordial with from when i was in the clubs and they like girl this ain't it like we ain't making nothing compared to what we was making before and it's because people like an exit strategy yeah you know, a lot of times we have to do what we have to do to get to where we want to be. And I think that's where they go wrong, you know, because it's like, OK. And, and, and I was caught in that cycle, too. Like I said, if I ain't had that lady speak life into me, I'd probably still be in the club because that's all I knew. So your circle is very important. You can't be the smartest. Pe- and, and that was my issue. I was always the smartest person in my circle. You can't be the smartest person in your circle. Befriend those with goals, with vision, with people mm-hmm. doing more than you because they're going to inspire you to do more than what you're doing for yourself. A lot of times it takes that outside person to tell us like, hey, like, girl, you worth so much more than what you're doing, you know, but we don't know that because we're stuck in what we know, mm-hmm. you know. So I would just tell girls to have an exit strategy because your body ain't going to look like that forever. You know, the money ain't going to be like that forever. Like, the clubs ain't what it, it was. Like, I, I count the money that I was touching illegally, even just being in the clubs. And I'm just like, yo, if I would have knew na- then what I know now, as far as investing, as far as real estate, as far as businesses, you know, like, you got to do what you got to do. And a lot of girls in the club, they're single mothers. Nobody talks about... See, they look at us and see hoes and strippers and dancers. Like, oh, that bitch ain't nobody. But they don't know that we're struggling to put food on the table. We're struggling to provide. And from somebody that, can't, that like, I'm from New York, where government help is like this. You can move to New York and apply for emergency food stamps and Medicaid, and you're going to get it like that. When I came to Atlanta, it took me eight months to get my Medicaid, okay? <laughs> And in a state where, you know, STDs and an HIV and stuff like that is so prominent, that's important because nine times out of ten, people's not paying for that. You know, so you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? What is my overall goal? You got some people that that's just what they want to do. That's the life they want. Cool. But this Atlanta and again, I'm from New York. The one thing about Atlanta is an entrepreneurial state. So you could start a business out here and be good. 
you can't really do that in New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like New York, you gotta work an honor. You gotta do so much just to survive. The people is angry and hostile. Like I moved out here, people saying hi, what the fuck you want? Like, you know, like I had to adapt to the culture mm-hmm. out here, even the music and everything, but I wanted better. So that's the difference. I wasn't comfortable with what I was making in the club because I knew deep down, like, listen, I deserve better. I'm raising girls. My daughter looked at me. She was getting bad grades in school. She like, Ma, I'm going to just be a bartender. Because she used to watch me throw all my singles on the bed when I came home and count up my money. And we was living good. We ain't want for nothing. I had a whole career in New York where I was make. I, I had benefits. I was on salary. And I left that to come here to be in the clubs. Wait. Your daughter said she's going to be a bartender? Yeah. Because she was watching. She seen how... She, she, I'm, I'm, I'm 34, she's 15. So at the time, she was probably like 11, 10, 9-ish. Mm-hmm. Kids, listen, kids watch you. You understand? So she's watching me. She don't know the difference between, oh, it's singles, 10s, and 5s. She's just like, yo, mommy pulled a pile of money on the bed. And it, we know, she, like, they knew I was in the club. It wasn't no secret. Mm-hmm. But my, my life has always been a showcase to them. Listen, do things differently than I did. I don't have no help from y'all fathers. You know what I'm saying? So don't have kids out of wedlock. I have to do this. I have to do that. Get your education. When I had my first daughter, again, me going to jail prompted me getting my degree. That's not something I did on my own. I was just trying to stay out of jail. You understand? So it was just as a parent, as a person, I wanted more. And then, you know, the culture started shifting. Niggas following you home, beating mm-hmm. up women, you know, just all the crazy stuff that just started happening. And it was just like, yo, do I really want to live my life like this? I want to ask you briefly about um, your daughter being molested. Okay. And this is from you, you know what I'm saying, living that life mm-hmm. and being outside and kind of like, you know, like not putting the time and energy into like being a parent. Right. Can you speak on that situation? Whew. I was in Africa. Mm-hmm. Doing what? I was, so I got, I got, so again, I wasn't in the clubs for the club money per se. I was in the clubs for relationships. I had a dude that was from Africa that was visiting Atlanta. He came to my bar and he was like, yo, you a killer in London. So I, I was one of them girls that was always flown out, flewed out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. State to state, country to country, and I got paid twenty thousand to go to London to host a boat party. As I'm in London, I connect with a real like y'all think Americans be scamming. Nah, them Africans is different. So I connected with an African scammer who paid me another twenty thousand to go to Africa. So London to Africa is what Miami is to Atlanta mm-hmm. or New York. So I'm like, I asked you two days, 20 bands? Shit, okay. You know, I've as a single parent, I've always had a nanny. Mm-hmm. You know, we need help. And my nanny called me and she was like, um, you know, I, I was bathing her and, you know, it was just a little weird. And I talked to her and she told me somebody touched her. Mind you, I'm in Africa. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what do you mean somebody touched her? And she's like, listen, I was bathing her and she she was just real fidgety when I got down there and somebody touched her. 
So I had to book a $2,000 flight to come back the next day because the sitter wasn't too sure what was going on. She was just like, listen, it happened in school. I'm going to go to school tomorrow and I'm going to figure it out. So in my head, I already felt like shit because I wasn't there. But it was just like, I need to be with you when you pull up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it just turned out, you know, it was another student who was maybe like a grade level or two above her. But again, this was another wake up call like, girl, mm-hmm. you across the country, literally, like what is Africa, 15 hour flight or so, whatever, you across the country stressing on how you're going to feed your kids, trying to make money because nothing I did was for fun. Mm-hmm. Like, again, this was all I knew at the time on how to survive. Use what I got to get what I need, you know? And I just was like, yo, this ain't it. You know, so it was just things that I just kept going through, you know, that my soul, me as a person, I was uneasy. But again, I'm doing this because I'm a parent. But at the same time, things is happening to my children. And I'm not even, like, I couldn't even comfort my daughter that night. Like, that Mm -hmm. made me feel like crap. But at the same time, this is what I'm doing all this for. Mm -hmm. So that was the the pivotal shift in, this ain't it. Girl, you need an exit plan and you need it fast. Because remember, I came to Atlanta to be home with my kids. And I just found that I actually came to Atlanta and got more lit than when I was in New York. Because Atlanta, you know, they embraced the dark skin, the black girls versus New York. So I came out here and it was just like things was falling in my lap financially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when that happened to her, you know, to this day, I still have her in therapy, you know, and it was eye opening for me. Because even like getting, you know, getting back home, talking to her, going to the school, turning up, come to find out the girl that did that to my daughter, she was being molested. So she wasn't molested by like a, a a school official or anything like that. It was another child, and even the questions she was asking my daughter, why you know why she did what she did, it was just like, yo, somebody's doing that to you. Mm. And it was a conversation I had to have with her mother, like, yo, with the girl's mother, with the girl's mother, like, mm-hmm. and it was a girl, mm-hmm. and that's what messed me up, and that was again a pivotal point, even in my parenting skills because you know we always train our daughters to no man is supposed to look at you no man is supposed to touch you so she was confused like mom you say boys but she's a girl you know so i had to really like put her in therapy to not only for her but for myself because i i had i had to learn different coping mechanisms and i had to really learn how to be a parent Mm -hmm. you know but yeah so you know, these things happen and a lot of times, you know, we look at the negative and we don't see the positive and the negative. There's always a positive and a negative. You know, we have to take it for what it is. It was a learning experience. And that's mm-hmm. really part of the reason why I'm on the path that I'm on now. Because like I said, I could have still been in the clubs. My name was ringing bells, you know, like er- <laughs> everybody knew who I was, what I did or something about chinky or chinky eyes. Do you ever miss it? I do. Not so much, um, I'm always in the house now. Mm-hmm. So it's just be like, dang, like, I wonder 
it, it be thoughts, but it don't be like I will go back. Yeah. I don't even club like regular. Like I don't do none of that no more. Like mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not in the clubs. I'm like I really like once I transitioned. I kind of just had to let that go because even the relationships I was in, not even relationships, situationships, um, a lot of my trauma came from the clubs. A lot of people that I've met that weren't good for me, you know, came from the clubs. A lot of bad experiences came from the clubs. So it was just something that I kind of just had to do away with altogether and just really morph into the person that I am now. Morph. No, morph. Yes, I had some morph. We're going to cheers to morph. <laughs> morph. Listen I, had, listen, I had a whole guy do a testimonial for me the other day, and he was like, listen, I felt a little shade in his, you know, his testimonial, but he was like, listen, I was following you before the credit. Like, I was following you because you basically was popping it open on the gram. Yeah. But once you started doing credit, like, you know, his credit is up. You know, he got a black card right now. I just got him approved for funding because I have a funding company. Yeah. So the people that has really followed my journey, you know, was like, is, yo, she was here. Like, I got, like, matter of fact, one of my closings a few months ago was a girl that was a waitress mm-hmm. and I was the bartender. So I'm giving her her drinks for her clientele. And she came to me like, listen, I want to buy a house. And we made it happen. You know, so now even like being on a spiritual journey that I'm on, I've used my platform for a lot of evil because I was listening. Oh, and about the OnlyFans shit, you recruit a girl, you get a piece of her earnings for life. As long as she's making money and Mm. you're still on that platform, you're making money. So I'm bringing all these girls in like, listen, girl, you on that. You girl, you know how much you got paid for that picture right there that you posted for free on Instagram. Like, Mm. Let me show you what this platform is about. You know, so now that I'm where I am spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use my platform for good. And I'm really like educating people on what it takes to become a homeowner, what it takes to have good credit, what it takes to to get funding and start businesses and actually do something positive with your life. Because like I said, it's only but so long you're going to be able to navigate off of how you look. You know, mm-hmm. like how I look might have got me in the room, but when I sit down and I open my mouth and I'm really like talking and educating people, mm-hmm. that's what's keeping me seated at that table. And so hell, I got my own tables now. You know what I mean? So who's on the we're phone? We're gonna cheers to own table. <laughs> <laughs> I know we was on the phone, um, and you was asking me about like you know what I went to prison for and stuff, and I was mm-hmm. telling you like. Yeah, like I, I basically had to morph myself into like this person I am now. Like, right. and I think you was like, yeah, like every day is a struggle. Like, you know what I'm saying? I need to make money, and mm-hmm. and it's 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 hard. It's hard to not go back into that lifestyle. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like for exactly. me, like you know, all my homies do the same shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like these niggas call me every day with some new shit. Like, bro, I don't <laughs> want to hear it. Like, this is me now. I don't right. give a fuck. What y'all doing out there? It's like, I got to really believe in what the hell I got going on. It's like, it, it is hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, looking back at your lifestyle and looking at how much money you made, it's like, shit, you could easily just go back in the club, start OnlyFans and shit, do what you Listen, used to do. Forget the OnlyFans. Let's talk about the man in my DMs. Like, yo, shorty, come. I, I got yeah. this and this for you right now. Come see me. And I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But again, it it is it, 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 it really just boils down to morals, um, and choices. 
Mm. You know, like, mm. I mean, I could easily do that. Nobody's going to know about it but me. Yeah, yeah. But again, I'm on a different path as far as my morals, you know. So it's all about your circle. Your circle is important. So maybe it's time that if, if those friends from your past don't align with what you're trying to do now, you got to cut them off. I'm not cool with nobody from my past. Mm. And if I am, it's because we elevated together. We're no longer doing these things together. Like, mm. I don't have a girl trying to convince me to come back to the club because I don't really talk to them no more. It's going to talk about. I'm not in that that point or that space in my life anymore. And there's no shade to anybody because I've made some great relationships with both female and males. Like, I, I still have people hitting me now that if I want to make a quick five ten thousand, I can you know, but mm-hmm. then all that's going to do is suck me right back into that Slowly cycle. Sure. And I yeah. work so hard mm-hmm. to get away from that, you know, because, nigga, look at me. Yeah. I, I, I had sugar daddies. I don't know what it is to pay no bills. I got in the whole relationship and was paying half the bills. We're going to get into that. You know um. what I'm saying? So <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, it's all about what you want. Yeah. And people, again, the why people backslide or, or people, you know, fall victim to their past because they're not in tune with their why mm-hmm. or they have no goals. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, ev- and everything you do is going to be some type of risk. Everything. But you have to ask yourself which risk is worth taking and which are not. What do your circle look like now? I don't have a circle. I have a. It ain't got to be friends, but it's it's people that's. I don't have a circle. You want you want to know who I vibe with right now? Cause I'm a I'm a new real estate agent. Mm-hmm. So my circle consists with my brokerage. You know the women from my brokerage. We pray together, cry together, grind together. That's what I need. Mm-hmm. I have to start putting myself in rooms with people who's doing better than me. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm always the smartest person in the room, that should get draining. For sure. I have nobody pouring life into me. Mm-hmm. I have nobody teaching me things. I had to deal with my problems, your problems, her problems. Like, what about me? Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that the hard way. I have one friend that I can say that came with me from my past life and we transitioned together. Like, I'm talking about this girl that went to prison, came home, you know what I'm saying? And we both had to find our way. But my goal right now is not friends. I want business partners. Business partners can become friends mm-hmm. and, 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 can, and can become greater. But I'm just mentally, I'm not where I was. I don't want no friends. Because if I, when I look back on my life, a lot of the shit that I went through, it wasn't because of what I did. It was who I was associated with. It was who I had around me. It was the choices I was making. I didn't have somebody telling me like, yo, Sue, you better than that shit. They was cheering me on, like, go, girl, go get that bread. Okay, fly to this, fly to that. But when I was flat on my ass and needing help, none of them was nowhere to be found if I couldn't help them. And it was a lesson that I had to learn when I went through a relationship in 2019 where my ex pulled my gun on me and I was beat up. You know what I'm saying? And that was a pivotal point and my spirituality because it was just like listen girl you live by niggas and money mm-hmm. you're gonna die mm-hmm. by you know excuse my language men and money and that's when i had to 
Like, yo, I don't want no more sugar daddy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want no more purposeless relationships. I don't want to deal with you because I feel like I have to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, to me, as a woman, I mean, yeah, like, I tell women all the time, like, if you're sexually active and the person you're sexually active with is not helping you, and it's not only financial. See, women get so caught up in the financial part, you could be sponsored and still be a lost miserable soul you feel me if 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 if, if who you have around you whether it's male female sugar daddy whole boyfriend whatever if he's not pouring into you spiritually or emotionally or financially if you're not mentally Mm -hmm. if you're not elevating from the substance of the people you have around you you don't need around you everybody's so caught up for a check Oh, I'm on demon time. Listen, that, that shit come with bad energy and spirits. So you might be getting that money for the time being, but you're not sleeping. You're losing weight. You're stressed out. You got acne. You in and out of jail. You in and out the clinic. Mm. You feel me? Like, like yo. In and out the clinic. In and out the clinic. We ain't going to talk about that, though. And this new monkeypox shit is crazy. I'm glad. See, I'm glad I wasn't doing what I had to do in the COVID and monkeypox time. Cause <laughs> it's wicked out here, okay? <laughs> But listen, mm. I'm gonna sip to that elevation <laughs> before all these plagues and shit hit the earth. <laughs> mm, mm. Mm. So, um, you recently just got out of a relationship, and um, it was pretty public, uh, all in the blogs and stuff. And um, you know, we don't have to say this person's names or whatever. Um, but how was that relationship for you? It served its purpose. Mm-hmm. So, and this ain't even about, this is, so I, would, I just want to make clear, that was my first adult relationship. You know, um, like I said, I don't know what it is to, to pay bills or to be in a space where I even give a damn. You know, like I could walk anywhere and get what I want. But when I went through that spiritual transition in my life, I was like, okay, you know what? Put it this way. I'm about to, I'm about to get, I'm about to, you know, we, we about to, we about to talk for real. I was never attracted to the substance of a man. I was always attracted to what a man could do for me. So when I tried the relationship, it was just more, so I gave up a sugar daddy to be with this man. Mm-hmm. So when people be like, oh, you a gold digger, da-da-da, I left somebody that I was being 100% taken care of to somebody I was paying half the bills. That don't sound like somebody who was in it for the money mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, I was generally, you know, seeking love. And I've made mistakes along the way. Like, you know, I wasn't perfect. I will say this. And I've learned this not only in relationships, but in friendships and just anybody in my life. If we're not equally yoked, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. If we can't pray together, it's not going to work. And I've never, ever, up until recently, because I got a new dude in my life, but that's a whole other conversation. But I've never, ever was in a situation to where I was spiritually connected with the person that I'm with. You know? So a lot of times people look at marriage as a damn why my marriage ain't work. Let's 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 talk about marriage real quick. What is marriage to you? Like when you hear the word marry or marriage or husband and wife, what do you think about? 
Um, making a commitment before God. Okay. Um, being with this person, you know, the vows that you make, you know, through death do you part. And who you making those vows to? Or in front of, I should say. God. Okay, so let me ask you this. If you're in a relationship that's not God-ordained, that means before you even got to that altar, mm-hmm. if y'all don't have a relationship with God separately and as a couple, mm-hmm. if you're not praying together, if you're not worshiping together, forget the whole church aspect. Yeah, you have to go to church, you know, to, to, to be spiritually fed. Like, everybody look at what's going on in church. No, do what you have to do to, to be spiritually fed and, and, and to hear the word. But if you're not doing that before getting to the altar, what makes you think that, let's just say me and you dating. Hey, we dating, hey. right? You my dude, right? Mm-hmm. We don't pray together. God is not even a topic of conversation until we get yeah. to the altar. So how, how am I trusting you or how are you trusting me to get before God and make vows that you're going to do right by me and I'm going to do right by you if we didn't have that before? You have to fear God for those vows to mean something. If you have no relationship with God and you don't fear God, it just more so becomes the, the cultural aspect mm-hmm. of a wedding mm-hmm. or a ceremony or getting married. Mm-hmm. So I've never had that. Right. I've never argued with a nigga. The nigga was like, shut up, let's pray. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or we just just talking to God regularly. Like I've, I've, I've always been the more spiritually in tuned one. So when you pray to God for his will, because a lot of times our prayers don't get answered because we want what we want. But what we want is not what's destined for us. It's not his will. Mm-hmm. So when we learn to take the selfishness out of our prayer and pray for his will... We'll start to see that the things we have around us, the people we have around us, mm-hmm. is not his will. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if it's not his will, again, you have to trust and ask him to remove and replace with what's beneficial. I like that. And and, and that's just what it is. So I'm, I'm at a place in my life where I'm happy. I don't have to hide who I am. Mm-hmm. I can blast my gospel music. You know what I'm saying? I'm not perfect. Nobody is. God didn't come, you know, Jesus didn't come on this earth for us to be perfect. He he came for a relationship. And I have a relationship with him. So where my discernment, I have good discernment mm-hmm. on people, on things, on situations. And I remove myself out of situations that no longer serve me any purpose. So I don't worry about what people say, do or think. I can care less. Because y'all not getting me to heaven. You feel me? I know what I do behind closed doors. I fast. I pray. I make sacrifices. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. But I'm in my prayer closet repenting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it just comes up. It, it, you have to get to that maturity to where you're willing to leave everything. Money. Mm-hmm. People. Jobs situations, occupations, whatever. Because, listen, even down to me leaving New York, I was at a job with benefits, good pay, everything. And I, I didn't even know what I was coming to Atlanta to do, but it was just like move. Mm-hmm. I came to Atlanta. I was having a real hard time my first two and a half years, 2018-ish. I tried to move back. It didn't work out. And I was like, okay, God, I know that's you telling me to stay in Atlanta. I don't know for what. But it is what it is. Speaking of marriage, could you 
could you marry a guy that's not into the church? Could you deal with a guy that's not God fearing? Or, you know, some people just, oh, well, yeah, I know God. And me and God got our own relationship. And So I'm going to put it like this. Because you want to know what's crazy? Spiritual people fight the most demons. And that's because we know better. And we're targeted more. So when you're not spiritual, the devil already has your soul. He don't have to fight for you. But when you and then we we can really talk about this because you're trying to do right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you're really trying to change your life, that's when you're challenged the most yeah. because he sees your blessings. We don't see it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times what we go through changes your character. So I'm not saying I have to be with a spiritual person, but the person I'm with, they have to have a relationship with God. So whether that's you talking to him every day and mm -hmm. I don't I don't do the traditional praying on my knees like I pray in the shower. I pray when I'm driving. I talk to God like he the homie. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm frustrated and you know what I had to learn, talk less and pray more. Because the people you run in your mouth to, your friends, your family, they can't do nothing about your situation. They just going to talk about you and run your business. Mm -hmm. But when you really have that faith and you take it to the higher power, you know what I'm saying? Like I, one of the main conversations I have with God is like, listen, God, I was lit walking in darkness. I ain't give all that up to struggle walking in likeness. <laughs> so what you have to do is you have to remind him of his own promises. And mm -hmm. that comes from you reading the Bible. I didn't even believe in the Bible prior to 2019. Mm -hmm. I was one of them kids in Bible study as a kid, always challenging the, the, the Sunday school teacher. Like, so what you got to say about babies that die? Where God, you know, like, I, and, and I was so hurt and bitter from what I went through. Mm -hmm. You understand? But now that I'm an adult and I realize that that's my testimony. You know, that's what's shaping me. I don't I don't even look at my past relationships. I don't have no hatred. I don't have no malice in my heart. Because when God wants to get you to a certain level, he's going to use people to get you to that certain level. But at the same time, life is a test. So you're going to fold or you're going to conform. I made the mistake of conforming. And because I conformed, those people, places, and situations are no longer in my life. You understand? When you stay true to who you are mm -hmm. and what you want to do, you're going to get them daggers thrown at you to test you. You can't move into your next chapter with dead weight. You can't move into your next chapter without a testimony, no story, no glory. So a lot of people go through things and get stressed. I go through the storm and I welcome the storm because I know on the other side of that storm, there's blessings. There's levels mm -hmm. to this. Mm -hmm. You got to climb. You know what I'm saying? You got to walk before you can run. You got to crawl before you can walk. Mm -hmm. But when your spirit, even, even with what's going on in society now, all of this is in the Bible. You know, so even with me, I pick up the Bible and I read... I read scriptures and stuff based on what I'm going through, and it gets me through. Shonda, I used to call my friend for everything. Girl, let me tell you. <laughs> and now... Gossip. Gossip. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, what the hell is she going to do? <laughs> Besides listen to me and give me advice, worldly advice, you know? But when I, I realized I was a different person... When I was in different situations and different in relationships and I was going through what I was going through and I still had a smile on my face. Nobody doesn't have the power to steal my joy. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. God will bless you on the same platform that they try to destroy you on.
And God spins the block for his followers. So as long as you stay faithful, fruitful, and true to who you are, and keep your heart pure, you're you going to watch the people that turn on you. you he he, he going to give you front center seats to watch how he deal with them people. And everybody have their own walk. Like a lot of times, like I said, I, I have to die and mm-hmm. come back for me to really get to know him. And even still after that, it was I, I still wasn't, you mm-hmm. know. But every situation in my life, this is why I changed my life. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, yo, I'm going to die in these streets. Because I was living by the fast money, by the men. Mm-hmm. You understand? And... My first baby father done shot my crib up trying to get me killed. Like, I, I've been through some stuff. So, the recent things that I've been through, that ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, uh, ha, ha, okay, next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel me? Because I know where God is taking me. That was, that was just a layer that I had to go through to get to the next level. It was a learning experience. It showed me that I was able to love because I didn't. I, I was this cold, heartless New York chick that, nigga, you ain't got no money. I ain't trying to talk to you. You feel me? So now when I meet my husband, I'm at the mental, emotional, and, and a spiritual capacity to where I'm able to fully embrace him because of what I went through. Because if I had not gone through what I went through, a lot of times our blessings are in our face and we mistreat it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then we go through a whole cycle of turmoil, unnecessary turmoil, mm-hmm. because we not willing. It starts with them. We're not willing to change who we are as people. <laughs> the devil not going to come on the earth and roam around in, in horns and, and a red cape. He going, you notice betrayal, hurt, yeah. all of that come from the people in your circle. The closest people. I, listen, if you're not prayed up, I don't even want you around me. You want to know why? Because the enemy going to use you to deal with me. Mm-hmm. I don't got time for that. I at least want you praying away the demonic shit away from you. Because if you're not, you just going to become another body mm-hmm. that's, you know. A vessel. A vessel. Yeah. There you go. I don't got time for that. So what? you ain't got to be all religious hallelujah. Because at the same time, those are the people that's really outside. Mm-hmm. You know, doing shit they ain't supposed to do. You wouldn't using their voice for the wrong things. But you can tell by a person's heart. How they move and how they treat people, mm. the path that they're on. Like the dude I'm with now, he, he's not all spiritual. Hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord. You know, but at the same time, I know that he he has or he's building a relationship. And, and God always places people in your life for a reason. And I pray every day, listen, I don't know why you put him in my life, but sharpen my discernment. If he's who I'm supposed to be with, you know, help strengthen his relationship with you or use me. Because a lot of times we'll be putting people's life to introduce. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, listen, I'm I'm just here for the ride. I don't want to figure it out. I, I just take every day as it is. I have fun. I live my life. I don't stress. I'm not miserable. I have no malice in my heart. I'm happy. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm listening. He said something. Happy, good. You know, keep your heart pure. Mm. You said something earlier um, about you know not holding any you know anger or mm-hmm. towards someone. You know what I'm saying? Because right. that'll block your blessings. Yeah. And you know, like I'm the same exact way because you know a lot of people fucked me over while I went to prison. Mm. And man, I had to just be like, you know what? 
how I'm, this is how I'm gonna not even piss them off, but <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna level up yeah. and I'm gonna make sure like they're gonna regret fucking me over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna regret, they're gonna see me every day. You know what I'm saying? I know they see me every day mm-hmm. on Instagram or wherever the fuck they see me at. And I know if I was to like, you know what I'm saying, be angry or a wholesome some some animosity towards them, like shit probably wouldn't be going good for me. You know what I'm saying? Like this is they my, hold power. Right. If 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 you wake right. up every day angry and I'm on your mind, right? And you're cursing me out and you're so ugh, you can't even fucking you can't move on. you can't walk into the next chapter. Of your, I'm living in your head rent free. Yeah, rent you free. You can't walk into the next chapter of your life, and that's what the enemy does. How are you supposed to walk into your blessings like that? Yeah, you can't do that. Wishing bad on somebody else. Yeah, you, you listen, and I tell people, listen, life is pro, is full of trials and turmoil, but you got to keep your heart pure as long as. So even with you making that comment, I'm gonna tell you this: change your mindset a little bit. Mm. Forget them. Mm-hmm. This ain't even about them. Yeah, this is about you coming home from prison and showing people that listen. You could do the time and still come out, cause, cause, cause that's what the system is. You know, they, they, they throw that label on you. Oh, you a felon, or you have a misdemeanor. And now mm-hmm. you can't work for the white man, and your life is over. No, my life is just beginning. Facts. Okay, I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to make my money, and I'm going to show people, other people, that you can still go to prison and come home mm-hmm. and be somebody. This mm-hmm. ain't the 1980s. Even with me doing real estate, people be like, oh, I don't got tax returns. I can't buy a house. I'd be like, girl, you know, you could get a fucking house with bank statements. You don't need tax returns. Society is gearing towards entrepreneurship. You could get funding with bank statements. You could buy a car with bank statements. You could get loans with bank statements. You could buy a house with bank statements, bank statements. Mm-hmm. When you start to really like put it on yourself, like I said, we could want something and that's not what his will is for our life. You have a platform. You're giving people the opportunity to tell their story, but it took you going to prison to dig deep to that talent. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So we as people have to understand that, listen, just because I went through this does not mean I'm not worthy of experiencing this. Mm -hmm. A lot of and God is a God of he shows his power in our weakness. When we're too arrogant and on our high horse and think, oh, we don't need him and we're good and I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. That's when it comes crashing down. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, that's when I came crashing down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it took you going to prison to really tap in. So you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. And now you giving people the platform to tell their story and to educate other people. But you would have never had this platform had you not been nope. in prison. Nope. You know what I'm saying? So we ain't even doing this for the haters. Mm-hmm. We doing this so you can walk into your will mm-hmm. and your purpose for mm-hmm. his life. Because mm-hmm. that's that's when the heavens is going to open up for you. Because now we want what he wants. We, we don't know what he wants for us. He might want me to be a billionaire next week, but I'm thinking millionaire. Mm-hmm. So now... It, it, it's that gap, that threshold, you feel me? We got to just leave it in his hands and just wake up and do what we're destined to do. You're you building a platform to people to tell their story. This ain't even about the haters, because listen, the haters might have to come sit on your couch and tell their story one day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the haters might call you like, hey, you hiring? You yeah. feel me? I got a job for you. Yeah, like, yeah. nah, 
forget. Like, yeah. you people have to really change their mindset and their heart. Because I used to do it for the haters, too, and I realized I wasn't doing shit. Yeah. It wasn't until I wanted to do it for me, for mm-hmm. my kids, for the will, for for my spiritual well-being that things started shifting. Because I would have still been in the clubs. Mm-hmm. I walked like I walked away from money. Like I had people hitting me the week after I left. Like yo, so and so came looking for you. So and so came looking for you. So and so came looking for you. You think I ain't battle going back in there? Mm-hmm. But it was just like that's not that's that's not that's not my purpose. Like my purpose is not being in the club. And there's no shade to anybody that is. Mm-hmm. But we have to use what we have. Or, or our knowledge, even our experiences, or whatever, mm-hmm. use it to get to the next level. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't stay stagnated. You gotta elevate. What made you become vegan and stop smoking hookah? Oh, cause I was a hookah head. I'm talking about wake up mm-hmm. eleven in the morning, go to my favorite hookah spot, sit there with my laptop all day, getting work done, smoke hookah my health. Mm-hmm. So again. I've always been a prayer for whatever your will is on my life. So it took health problems for me to walk away from a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You understand? So I didn't walk away from hookah because I just woke up one day and was like, I'm good. I had surgery last summer to remove the illegal bus shots I had because I was sick. And one of the requirements was three months prior to surgery, stop smoking hookah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have smoked it, but at the same time, I'm following a surgery page that highlights the girls that's dying from the same surgery that I'm about to go get. So you think I was playing with it? Right. Nah, I got to smoke. Well, I got to smoke. I got to start smoking hookah today. Okay. Because it was the end goal for me. Like, I just want to be healthy. Like, I woke up in 2017 and just couldn't walk. They told me I would never walk again if I didn't get surgery on my knees. You feel me? So... It wasn't intentional. Like, I just woke up and, hey, I'm not going to smoke hookah mm-hmm. no more. No, I had to prepare for the surgery. Even after surgery for you to heal, I couldn't smoke for two months after. So, I'm five months in at that point with no hookah. I stopped craving it. I'm like, fuck it. And that was actually, on some real stuff, one of the things I laid at the altar. Like, listen, God, I'm permanently giving this up for your will to be done on my life. You got to sacrifice something. You got to sacrifice. Faith, obedience, and sacrifice. That's the name of the game. Gotta sacrifice something. That's the name of the game. So I sacrificed a whole lifestyle of what I knew. Mm. You know, dealing with tricks. Mm. Being in the clubs. Sacrifice. Getting that fast money. Sacrifice. Being on Instagram half naked. Mm. I don't get nowhere near the, the 20,000, 30,000 likes I used to get before, but I don't care. Because at the same time, I got girls in my DMs like, yo, I'm lost. Help me. Like, I, I've, I've, and these are the same girls I was in the club with. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So, listen, I and, and I'm nowhere near what I need to be, and I'm not perfect. I'm still cleaning. Like, I, I've made a lot of mistakes, and again, these past three years have showed me why your circle is so important. Because if you're around people that's not on the same walk as you, it's easy for you to backslide. It's easy for you to fall victim back into this world. It's, it's easy for you to make mistakes that you walked away from. Mm-hmm. And that was my mistake. You know, so now when things don't work out, I just be like, okay, God heard you. Fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even try to figure it out. Like, when your faith is strong, you don't like, okay, I, I trust you. Like, it's, it's going to work out, you know. So, it's just one of them things that, listen, you got a good thing. And I, and I mm-hmm. know your story because we've talked off camera. Mm-hmm. 
you got a good thing, it's about staying focused, staying grounded, changing your circle. My circle's so strong now. Yeah, you, Man. we and you spoke. You know what you need to be doing right now. Mm. If you ain't got them type of people that speak in that type of life into you, what are they around you for? I'd be amazed at like um, the new people that I'd be around. Not, not, to, not to disregard my friends because they're my friends. You know what I'm saying forever. But I limit the time that I'm around them or the conversations that we have. You know what I'm saying? Like we friends and we cool and stuff. But like some of the conversations be pointless. Right. And it's like the new friends that I have. They're not even friends. They just people that I be around. You know what I'm saying the people that I like that might come on my my podcast and like they just easily gravitate towards me and just right. want to help me and. Right. And when I talk to these people every day and they tell me like what they doing and what I need to be doing is like, oh yeah, but I could do, I could help you do this or I can help you do this. Or, oh, but I just bought a $2 million crib. And it's like, when I hear that type of shit, it's like, I right, bet. I don't really need to be doing what, I, doing the bullshit. If if I got people around me that's doing this shit legally, if I got these people that's pouring into me, like that's just ready to help me. Like I know I'm, I'm doing what's right. So let's tap into your story. Enough about me. Let's tap into <laughs> your story a little bit, right? And not even the details, <laughs> yeah. but the aspect of mm-hmm. you were sat down for a reason. I, I truly so believe So a lot that. of times when things happen, we so lit, we don't hear God trying to get our attention. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he just got to sit us down like, bam, whether yeah. he's diagnosing us with something or yeah. we sitting in prison or we at our lowest because he going to strip you to the point where you have no choice but to call on him. Mm-hmm. You understand? So if you got those friends and I'm and, and, and it's okay to outgrow friends. So a lot of people feel that yeah. that that loyalty that I got to be with this dude because he was with me in a sandbox. But if he's not elevating with you, if y'all not having those conversations, yeah. those are not your friends. Mm-hmm. Because coming from where, so I've never done, like I've I've been arrested hella times. You know, I've sat in jail for three days, and I take my hat off to the people that really like do their time and come home and and and, and make a difference in their life. Mm-hmm. But if they ain't go through that, they're not relatable. That's right. They're not relatable, mm-hmm. and. A lot of times we can't go into the next chapter of our life because we too busy worrying about those friends mm-hmm. opposed to worrying about the people, the new people you said. And mm-hmm. it, it ain't even about a length of time. You got So the thing is, you got people that got to throw in your life just for a reason, season, or lifetime. Like I couldn't understand how I was able to bag a nigga at seven months pregnant, mm-hmm. lost everything. And he pretty much took care of me and my kids until my daughter was two years old. And when it was time for me to finally branch out and do my own thing, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. He was a season. Mm. But at that time, he was what I needed, and God used him to to elevate me. You understand? So a lot of times, we want to mm. have loyalty to people that serve us no good, and that's why we're not in our next chapter. You got to be focused on yourself. You did that time by yourself. Mm. You sat in them walls by yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to figure this shit out by yourself. Mm. So if they're not helping you elevate to the next level, and this don't even have nothing to do with financial, but encouragement. Mm-hmm. 
yo, my dude, you got this. Or yo, I, I was, I was, I was in Buckhead and I ran across this photographer, dude, and I know you doing a podcast, so I gave him your number. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, if they're not helping you get to the next level, and I'm not even saying to cut them loose, like never talk to again, but some people you're just not meant to be around. Mm-hmm. You got secluded for a reason. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So mm. pay attention to the new relationships you have in your life. The people that's doing we can't always be the smartest people in the room. And that's that's what I'm used to. I'm always the smartest person in the room. Mm. Like I'm always teaching, teaching, mm. teaching, pouring, pouring, pouring to the point where I get drained because no one is pouring into me. And because mm. I'm so accustomed to the needy relationships. Because you got some people that are ego-driven. Mm-hmm. So because they have ego issues or, um, what's the word, insecurities, mm-hmm. they don't know how to gravitate to people that's doing better than them. That's when jealousy, envy, you know, dumb type of emotions come in place. I love being around people that's doing better than me. I don't want to be around nobody doing less than me. Like, oh, you're doing I can't learn from you. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing personal, but I'm at a point in my life where I need to grow. Mm-hmm. If you're not helping me grow, I don't want you around me. I don't care who, what, where, when, how, whatever. I don't care how much time we had in the past. Nigga, you sat down for some years. You understand? So if a person is not trying to help you elevate above that, what are you holding on to? A title? The past? Right, right. <laughs> oh, this is my friend. Okay, well, what is your friend? Like, what? I don't even want to be around no friends. Those are the most draining. They are. Put me in a room <laughs> with entrepreneurs, they with are. boss people. I'll yeah. take being the less educated in the room. I'll take being the less experienced, the person with the less money, whatever. I want to be mm. around people that's doing better than me. I don't want to. I'm, I'm tired of... Always pouring into people. You can't keep you can't keep pouring into people when you don't have nothing to pour for yourself. It's not gonna work. Let me say this. It took me to go to prison to realize like I didn't know shit. Me being you around ain't no shit. Let's <laughs> <to> that. <laughs> Yo, listen, I didn't being around like we, we all convicts and shit like that, but mm-hmm. me being around different type of uh people from all different walks of life, mm-hmm. you know, from like trading uh fucking stocks and real estate and I had all these different and I was hanging around with all type of people white people right. older people 60 year olds and I was like damn like what the fuck I've been what I've been doing in life for real I don't know shit I don't know nothing about nothing but fucking scamming and yeah. jugging and <laughs> running up you know what I'm saying like I didn't know much at all and I was like you know when I get out of prison I'm gonna fucking meet some people I'm gonna be around these type of people like and some people that I met in prison, I still talk to this day. Smart, smart people. Listen. Not motherfuckers that's just dragging me down and like, oh, bro, what's the new shit? Nah, I know some people that's like on their shit for real. They just got caught up in some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now it's like, okay, now that I go to these conferences and now it's like, I got a name, I got a face, I got a platform. It's like people recognize me and they just want to, you know what I'm saying, hang or, or be friends or whatever the fuck the case may be. Mm-hmm. But it took me to go through that though, for real. Yeah. And That helped shape your character. Facts. And it's like, when I got out, I was like, you know what? I ain't doing that shit no Because think about it. If you would have never got caught, you would have still been on the same shit. Man, I'd have ran up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have ran up, man, countless of M's and yeah. probably did more time. Or whoever. Right. I don't know. I don't know what, what that story would have been. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? But now I got this story and I sat in prison. And I thought like for them years, every day about like, this is what I have. Like everything that you see in this, in this, I thought about everything in that thumbprint, that, that wall, like that ATM. That was just me sitting on my bunk bed. Like, you know what I'm saying? This one. I'm doing. bunk bed. <laughs> nah, seriously. Like that shit was hard as nah, still. Listen, like I, I, like I said, I did three days. I, 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 three I days. Multiply that shit by 365. Three days, <laughs> five pounds. Cause I ain't eat shit they had in there. Yeah. And I just, mm-hmm. and even with that, like even with me going to jail, so my judge, and I hope she doesn't ever see this, but my judge, she's retired, but she was extra hard on females who was going through the system because of a male, mm-hmm. because her daughter was murdered by... Why was she hard on the females? Wouldn't she be hard on the guys? That- no, she's hard on the females because she wants us to understand that we can't live our life trying to please y'all. Like, I was in jail because of my baby father. Okay. It wasn't because of nothing I did. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So, with her, it was like, listen, be happy I'm putting you in jail. My daughter died. She, yeah, there's yeah. no more chances for her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw you in jail just so you can get your shit right. And honestly, mm-hmm. that's what kept me leveled on the legal aspect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these years because I... Half an hour speech at the end of court. Mm-hmm. Fought that case for four years. I was facing three to five years and got off with an unclassified misdemeanor. Have no record by the grace of God. You understand? Mm-hmm. But that was a learning period that I had to go through because it was just like, yo, <laughs> yo, shit it be real. Like mm-hmm. I did three days and in them three days I posted bail. And I only posted bail because I found out I had a rich uncle <laughs> from Trinidad that was now in the States who was co-founder of Colgate. So he put his house and all of that for collateral and all of that stuff. That's only how I got out. Mm-hmm. But that was, even with that, the day that I was supposed to get out on a Sunday, I didn't get out. They lost my paperwork. And some girl was like, yo, you know, they got the, you know, church be lit in prison. They had the, the church prison, the church in prison. And mm-hmm. the girl was like, yo, come with me. And I went. And that was my first message where God was like, yo, a lot of times we look at the things that happen to us as bad, but sometimes we got to sit ourselves down. So that situation might be bad, but if we kept going, we'd have been in a worse mm-hmm. situation. So even yeah. with you saying yeah, that yeah. comment, like, yo, I could have ran up M's and been saying for 10 years versus, you know, the little bit of time you did mm-hmm. and now you're here. So now it's up to you to use your platform to educate, mm-hmm. you know, and no, I'm not, I didn't, I, I, like I went to prison. Like I'm not Mr. Goody Two Shoes. I have a story too, and I like when me and you spoke privately. I'm like, listen, your story needs to be told because you are seventy percent of the black men in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if we being real, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So yeah, like you gotta you you have to sit down for a little while, but you know you got your freedom, you got your health. You got new opportunity. You got new business partners. You got a platform. What are you gonna do with that platform? What are we gonna do with that platform? Let's Use it to my to advantage. That. There you go. <laughs> Educate, inspire. Yeah, I never try to hide my story. You know what I'm saying? I know it, it, it can inspire somebody else. So, mm-hmm. like, what I've been through is not where I'm headed. Right. You know what I'm saying there so, like, go. prison was just, you know, just a, a, a pit stop. Right. That wasn't really nothing for real. I can't wait till people hear the story. I can't wait for it, like women, you know, girls that's that was that was in your shoes. Listen, and it listen, and it was not easy, y'all. Like, I can't tell y'all how 
who, what, where, when, why. Like, I don't know. And it's crazy because I'll still go through little tests. So, you know, All-Star Weekend, that was what, February? Mm-hmm. I got an email. Somebody wanted to attend to some private clients. Mm-hmm. Um, not like nothing sexual, but like in that environment where you're like in a thong and serving drinks and stuff. And they was going to pay me 20000 <laughs> So I to this day I still get tested. Mm-hmm. You know, like okay, are you gonna go back to this life? Cause life is a big test. For sure, is 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 a test. And like I said, I, like I'm I'm actively going through trials and tribulations right now. You know, but the difference between now and then is I could smile through my childhood. Like I might mm-hmm. peace. Mm-hmm. You know, and before it was just like. You ever wonder why people are so, it don't matter how much money they have, but they're miserable, they're unhappy, yeah. they're suicidal. They have no inner peace. Money inner don't make peace you happy. is not something you could buy. Mm-hmm. Money can't buy that ish Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. At all. And I'm at the point in my life where I don't care about that outside noise. I have inner peace. Mm-hmm. Like I'm happy. I'm content. I'm not even going to say I'm content, but I'm proud of my growth. Yeah. And I know I have more growing to do, but it comes with accountability. Mm-hmm. It comes with vulnerability. It comes with, if we're not honest with ourselves, Yeah. what are we doing? You know, it, it comes with me looking in my mirror back in the day, like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doing some strange things for some cash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I'm I'm tired of that. Like, I want more than that. I deserve more than that. I'm worth more than that. But if you don't feel that way about yourself, mm-hmm. you're never going to come out that cycle. Just imagine if you was to take those type of, you know, those deals. Like, you taking 10 steps back. It's like you got to work your, your way back up to yeah. where you at now. It's like, And that's what people don't realize. So it's like. And and I've had my real estate license since 2019. I didn't actively start selling till this year. Mm-hmm. Like to where I'm, where I have closed like six, seven deals or whatever, and I'm good. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. not even good because you got to continue closing deals. Yeah, but just on an aspect to where I know I'll never go back to that. I've had a promoter in my inbox right now. Girl, you gonna block your blessing, bitch. You've been trending <laughs> since the summertime. Like, what we doing? I'm trying to get you in the club, and I'm just like, listen, that ain't my life no more. That's like, I don't, I don't want that host of money. Like, mm-hmm. I'm past that. Mm-hmm. I want to do speaking events. I, I want to speak to girls in these shelters and these group homes and in the prisons. That's the type. Of, I don't. I don't want to be like. I'm. Yeah. I'm 34 years old. I'm gonna leave that to the young girls. Like yeah. y'all had that. That ain't. That ain't. Like I. I done that in 2014, mm-hmm. 2015. That ain't my life no more. I. I gotta elevate from that. And you know, by the grace of God, I was able, and I am able. Yeah. To elevate from that, and I got a 15 year old and an eight year old who's watching me, and I have to be mm-hmm. a prime example for them. Like, listen, like it ain't about what you go through. It's about how you get through what you went through and where you're going. And I'm not ashamed of my story. But like, oh, you was a hoe. You were this. You was that. Listen, you're either doing it for free or you're doing it for money. And I was one of them girls that was doing it for money. Mm-hmm. You feel me? But, again, I wasn't Chanel bagged out. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I started businesses. I elevated to where now I don't have to do them things. 
A nigga come offer me money and I'm just like, that's all you got to offer? Damn, you ain't ish. Like, mm, you ain't... You ain't got no connections. You ain't got no audience I could use. <laughs> you, 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 you can't promote my, my, my financial literacy business and give me some clients. You can't bring me no real estate clients. Like, that's the mindset that I'm on now. But it took me going through, like, I, I, I've been through everything. I'm not, I've been raped. Mm-hmm. I've been kidnapped. I've been arrested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did three days in jail but bailed out. You know, like I've had my legal troubles. Um, even getting my real estate license, I took a six week course. It took me a year mm. to pass. And that, again, I had to. I it was too much. I'm 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 a single parent. I'm in the clubs from ten to four. I'm in real estate school from nine. To, no, I'm in the, yeah. I'm in, I'm in real estate school from nine to five. I'm in the clubs from ten to four. I'm popping Adderall on mm. a daily basis just to get by. Just to stay up, to stay focused. You feel me? Mm. You know? So nobody don't know about the back end. Nobody know about me losing myself. Nobody don't know about me being suicidal. You know, nobody don't know about me being unhappy and being miserable and and and, and my, my 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 child seeing demons and all type of weird shit because of the people mm-hmm. I was around. You know what I'm saying? The culture we live in to where certain things are culturally okay, but if you look at them people, they're not happy. Mm-hmm. You can't buy in the peace. Mm. That's that's something that you have to you have to learn, you have to experience. So if you're not going through certain walks of life to and a lot of people can't even hold themselves accountable for the stuff they go through or for the stuff they do. Like, when I go through things, the first thing I be like is, damn, that's from that dude I robbed in 2012. God damn it, God. Like, you still hit me over the head for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But I hold myself accountable Mm -hmm. for the things that I've done in the past. And we live in a social media era to where if it's not done in social media, it wasn't done. Who are y'all? Y'all can't get me to heaven. I repented. Mm -hmm. I fasted. I did this. I did that. I'm good. You understand? We live in a world where everybody want to be validated and accepted socially, and it's just like for what? Mm-hmm. You're never like you're. You're always gonna piss. No one is gonna ever agree with you a hundred percent on your mm-hmm. beliefs and what you stand for. But you know what? I go to sleep peaceful every day. Your your goals, <laughs> for real. <laughs> your goals. You're like what? What women? You know, like want to get to you know what I'm saying? Right. Like some women are just trapped where they at and your goals you know you've yeah. been through shit and you're still thriving still like it's, it's, it's some it's some deal it's some months that i ain't closing no deals and i'm just like damn this dude was in my inbox for 10k or this place you know dm'd me and want me to come host for this amount of money but it's all about staying true to to yeah. what you know and to your values and and if you don't stand on what you say who is mm-hmm. you know it's something big out there yeah. it's, it's something Man, bigger coming listen yo everybody i've met in the past month and it's so crazy because to me god talks to me through messages and people and i know i gotta finish my book because that's what's going i already got my caption like <laughs> <laughs> when i touch my my first million legally like, I already know, and I know, and it's like, when you, so, 
people have to pay attention to people messages and, and just things. And I've just had people that I don't even know. I could be in a supermarket shopping, food shopping. Mm-hmm. And somebody come to me, girl, you got to finish that book. That's crazy. I'm just like, okay, there's some weird shit. You know, I don't, what? And this has like, I like even a dude that like, I'm, I'm in the car wash, washing my car, eating food. And there's a dude that's like in my face and I'm ready to curse him out, you know, you know, sometimes the old me we seeping through sometimes, but this particular situation was like, girl, see, you got you got chill. He was a whole pastor. <laughs> but he was like regular clothes sitting next to me in my conversation with me and my friend. I'm tapping my friend, like, yo, why the hell this dude like all in my mouth? Like, what's going on with him? Another girl come in, she recognized my face. She like, girl, I had hit you about my credit. Like, what's up? Pull up the DMs from twenty twenty. I'm like, dang, girl, you ain't moving that shit. Was like, yeah, well, I'm going to hit you. He gets my Instagram. He like, yeah, I need credit work, too. And I'm like, all right, cool. He hits me a couple days later. This was a Thursday. He hits me on a Sunday. I like, listen, God told me to be obedient. And I'm hitting you because I'm pre-approved for $1.2 million. I'm looking for a house in Atlanta. And I'm a pastor. And he's like, yo, God is doing amazing things in your life. And I just want to tell you to stay focused. Mind you, I had a bad day that day. Like, I'm thinking about, man, this has been a slow month Mm business-wise. Like I said, I ain't perfect. I still get them thoughts like, maybe, you know. But it's just always somebody. And it'd be a complete stranger. It don't be nobody in my circle. It'd be a stranger that'd be like... Girl, stay focused. And the pastor was like, yo, God really got his hands on your life. And he sent me YouTubes of him preaching. This is a known pastor. This is an industry pastor. Okay? <laughs> and now I got him as a buyer client. $1.2 million. You know the commission on that? Let's toast the commission. Let's toast to that. <laughs> so I say that to say, you know... I don't know how I do it. I, I I can't write a blueprint for this. I can't tell y'all, listen, do this. Like it don't what work for me might not work for you. Yeah. But you know, you gotta know what you want. You gotta have goals. You gotta stay focused, and you gotta have faith. And as long as you have faith, and you sharpen your discernment, things are gonna start to align itself. I seen a meme on Instagram. And it said, when you ask God to show you a sign and the girl was on the floor with the pole over her head (laughs) and it's like, you still not listening. Like we got to learn to listen to our conscience, to listen to our gut. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we could save ourselves Mm -hmm. from a lot of things we go through, you know, And, and, and this comes from even boils down to experiences with people, you know. My relationships, I've listen, signs everywhere. And I'm I'm just looking at the carnal aspect, like what I'm getting for that moment mm-hmm. versus, you know, what's good for me and I went through what I went through. But again, it's a learning experience and that's added to my testimony. Listen, I don't have no bitterness in my heart towards no ex, no nothing. Like and I've been with women. Like my my story starts from women. So in my book, you're gonna actually see that how I actually had my first daughter was because I was involved with a female. She had a dude. We had a threesome. Boom. Hey, I was a crazy. whole lesbian <laughs> raising a baby. Okay. 
You feel me? And my mother was, you know, happy in the church. And she was like, I'm going to pray this away from you. And you're going to get married. You're going to have kids. And I was like, I would never be with a man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, girl, you crazy. And I met my second baby father. You know, we was trapping together and stuff. And that was my pivotal point to leaving women alone. Mm-hmm. And really just, you know, dealing with men. And even with that situation, to this day, like, I go through crazy stuff with him. But I got my blessing out of it, two kids. Even though I've had my kids in the shelter, I could be a bitter baby mother or a bitter female. But at the same time, after my rape, I was told I was never going to have kids. I was told that my cervix wasn't going to be strong enough to hold a baby for the full term of nine months. And I've carried two babies full term successfully healthy. So my walk with God has nothing to do with the church has nothing to do with my mama or what people say. These th- There are things that I went through in my life that I don't know mm-hmm. how. Mm-hmm. How? Like, both my kids, I was dilating at five months. You dilate at 10 months when it's about time to pop that baby out. Again, I'm dilating at five months. And I've had both my babies healthy, vaginal birth. No medication, no epidural, none of that. My second pregnancy, I lose everything. And in seven months, a, a guy literally falls out the sky and is holding me down to my daughter's two years until I was able to get on my feet. Can't nobody talk to me by the grace of God. Can't explain. It. I'm, I'm, I'm pronounced dead after getting my last round of bus shots in 2014. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And I'm here today to tell my story. <laughs> so, listen... Keep pushing, keep grinding, <laughs> pray for discernment over your circle. Everybody ain't, all money ain't good money. I had to learn that the hard way. Again, all money is not good money because guess what? The enemy provides you with rewards and, and, and stuff like that too. You got to work on that discernment. What's next for Suzette? So I'm writing a book. Mm-hmm. I feel like... um. You know, everybody want to tell a person what to do. I feel like life is full of choices. A person has to make that choice to to want to do better, be better, experience better. So I feel like, you know, women in my shoes need to hear my story. Mm-hmm. You know, um, needs to know that it's okay to put yourself first. It's a, I, I walked away from money. With spouses, relationships, TV, all type of stuff for my mental health, for my well-being. You understand? And because of that, I mean, I can't really talk too much right now, but I definitely am in negotiation with other things that I have going on. Um, And right now, it's just really, I really just want to get more in tune spiritually because I feel like once that happens, everything else is going to take off. Mm-hmm. So that's like my my main goal, but I have a story to tell. Listen, my goal is to have Tyler Perry or Fifty Cent or somebody really make a movie of my life because this is more common, especially in the millennial area. This mm-hmm. is kind of like why girls are getting their body done to to be the next Jada, to be the next Ari, to you know what I'm saying, to be in the spotlight and. Everything is not what it cracks out to be. 
Mm-hmm. People don't know the behind the scenes. People don't know the gray areas. People don't know the unhappiness, especially in the era where we're dealing with social media. That you only highlight, you only see a person's highlights of the highs. You don't see the lows. You understand? Never on social media. Oh man, listen, <laughs> listen that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but you know, I just want to use my platform to educate, to inspire, to elevate, and you know to. So any inspiring agents out there, like I'm even taking agents under me now to where, you know, you go to school, get your real estate license. It don't even matter what state you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm forming a team. We're going to get you lit. And it's, just, it's all about the transformation. Listen, we in a transformation season, okay? Let's cheers to transformation. Father's on and the I'm way. And I'm doing this <laughs> as a single black female. No man behind me. No two kids. That. Two kids. Okay. Two kids. Two baby fathers. Single parent. From the projects. From the no. From the group home. From the group home. The projects <laughs> was awarded to me from being in the system. That's crazy. But like I had my daughter in the shelter, and our first home after that was sleeping on somebody's couch as a foster kid, with my newborn daughter. Okay. So if she can, shit. Listen, anybody it's can. It's all about your circle, guys. If you don't have the right people around you, is is impossible to elevate. If 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 you got them dream killers, the haters, the old girl, you bugging, you can't do this or mm-hmm. no, do this, but you know deep down you ain't supposed to be doing that. You gotta cut them people loose. Because if you look at your life, you can't go here when you got people trying to pull you down here. Mm-hmm. You understand? And we can only be attacked by the people closest to us. So a lot of y'all might feel obligated by your friends, family. Shoot, I had to cut my mother off for a couple of years. You know, my family was the main ones. You ain't going to be shit, I, I, whatever, whatever. And, you know, I had to pop up on them like, hey. And, and now I'm somebody that my mother could be proud of. Listen, I, I did the Instagram modeling. I did the OnlyFans. I did the magazines. My <laughs> fan base in prison is crazy to this day. You understand? I did all of that. I did the clubs. I did the videos. I did all of that. It's, and, I, and nothing is wrong with that. So this is not to shade, you know, the women that are actively in that lifestyle. But you really have to ask yourself, what do you want besides that? Because in 10 years, the generation behind us is going to be the next generation up for that. And you're going to look back like, damn, I used to make 10, 20, 30. You know, you don't want to be them people talking about what you used to do. What are you doing now? How did you use that platform to elevate you? How did you use that platform to start businesses and to do better for yourself? And that's what it's all about. Forget what the haters are saying. Listen, if you got, you got to do what you got to do. A lot of these rappers is drug dealers and scammers on the low. They ain't making all that money off selling records, you know, but they're doing what they have to do to get to where they need to be at. And if that's where you at, at that pivotal point in your life, cool, but just have an exit strategy and know what you want to do, what it's going to take, and what you have to do to get there. And that's it. Listen, I ain't here to judge nobody. I, I done done it all. Only thing I was never was a drug addict. I was never hooked on drug. I smoked my weed. I smoked my hookah. That was it. I done did it all. Okay? All. I'm going to let y'all imagination run with that. 
<laughs> do what you gotta do to get to where you gotta be, and then don't don't let nobody tell you, especially somebody with lower vibrations than you, that what you're doing is wrong or you can't make it to the next level. You can do whatever you want to do to put your mind to it. Let's toast to whatever. You Period, do. man. And we're listen. We're both on this couch as living testimonies. Mm. Like this man that came home for it took him going to prison. Mm. To even have the thought concept to like, yo, I'm gonna start a podcast and allow people to tell their story. And I listen, as God is my witness, we are in what month we in? We about to be in September this week. September twenty two. September twenty twenty three. I'm speaking life into this young man that he is y'all gonna know his name. If y'all don't know his name now, Y'all going to know his name. Y'all going to know his podcast. It's going to be some people that uh, sit on his couch and got some therapy. It's going to be some people that sit on his couch and it's going to elevate because people don't sit on his couch. God is going to use him to allow people to tell their story and to become better. But that's what it's about. We are here to uplift and motivate. You understand the social media with, with us? You know, making fun of people going through everyday life. Who cares? Girl, your baby daddy doing the same thing, but you on the block. Nobody's highlighting it. That's the only difference. We got to stop laughing at each other and uplift each other and inspire each other and do better. You understand? We're here to do better. Mark my words. January 2023. If y'all don't already know his name, y'all going to know his name. And y'all going to be hitting him like, yo... I want to tell my story because this is where it starts. So I want to thank you for giving me the platform to speak, to be myself. Oh, damn you. I got to catch up. (laughs) (laughs) In a non-judgmental zone Mm -hmm. and just, you know, speak life and pour life into not only you guys, but into each other. Look, you, you in a zone right now. I already see it. You like, yo, you thinking. (laughs) (laughs) ain't thinking Mm, this was a special moment um yeah this is um this is well needed for for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and i can already tell like um it's gonna touch a lot of women even men you know like you know looking at you you don't get all that from you you know like you got so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much passion of like, you know, what you've been through in life. And, you know, like this is going to touch some people. And I appreciate the words you just gave me because, you know, that's that's all true statement. <laughs> that's going to come to fruition. Like, Listen. you know, that's just the confirming what I already believe. Right. So shout out to you. Um, I wish you the I wish you the best. <laughs> and everything that you got going on. Thank, um, thank you. This was a dope interview. Maybe one of like the best interviews that I've ever had. So we're going to end it right here. Thank you guys for watching. Fuck nigga free. Excuse my language. Nah, fuck nigga free. Shit. Yeah, fuck nigga free. I love you, Shonda. Shout out to Zuzette. I mean, no, no. Shout out to, hold on. Shonda. Shonda. (laughs) Shout out to Shonda because she the one that set this up. Um, I met her in the halfway house. And, uh, (laughs) She reached out to me, um, beautiful, beautiful lady. Um, seen her in Happy House. I wasn't, I wasn't really stunting these women in there, but all the other guys was. <laughs> he had to throw that in there. But, uh, 
Yeah, she reached out to me and uh, set this whole thing up and made sure that it happened. Um, I'd be all over the place, and there's a lot of people that be trying to set up interviews, but she made sure this happened, and I'm glad this happened. So shout out to you. Thank you, friend, for being my rock. Matter of fact, just come sit on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Show you. Yes, come, on. <laughs> come introduce yourself, friend. Come on, light skin. This is a very special person to me. So during my transition in life, um, she back. was one mm-hmm. of the people that... Period. I think you're like my only friend. Yeah. That lasted, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's because we was transitioning together. So I made a conscious decision that if we wasn't trying to elevate, I didn't need you a part of my circle. And to this day, you know, she speaks life into me. She called me like, girl, <laughs> you need to do this podcast, <laughs> you know, because X, Y, and Z, this is where we was at. This is what's going on. I think it'll be good for you. And I'm just like, okay, friend, if you think it'll be good for me, like, I'm, you know, I'm open to it. And, you know, we met, we spoke, we connected. And, you know, you you really did a thing. And I just want to tell you just as a friend, as a real friend, you know, and this includes you telling me things I don't want to hear. Sometimes (laughs) we get into a shouting match, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're always there for me right or wrong. And I want to tell you, I appreciate you. Thank you. I love you. And I'm excited to see what this next chapter has in store for the both of us. I'm excited for the both of you. And me too. Yeah. Because life is great. Great. All of us is Mm -hmm. going up. Right. And we all know what hard times are, is, and are, and mm-hmm. is, and you know. Mm-hmm. Now she has a story too. Um, we're gonna get to that maybe later on in life, but <laughs> deep. Um, so yeah. shout out Shonda. Yeah. Shout out yeah. Mrs. 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 Blood. Yeah. They're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what it'll be at the time. But. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rich and I'm Toy Podcast, and uh, we out till we next out. time. We out. <laughs> Friend, I'm going to need you to get some different pants. (laughs) It don't fit. It might a little bit, though, because it's like once you get it up there, it's up.